What if there was an easier way to handle life's struggles? Or what if there was an easier response to the steep mountains of life? I contend today that there is, and the answer is found in a city built 2,000 years ago in the Middle East. This is More to the Story with James Jones. In the country of Jordan, there is an ancient city carved into the sides of the mountain. The name of the city is Petra. It was inhabited and built around 2,000 years ago by a people known as the Nabataeans. It is an archaeological wonder, the immense size of the buildings, the intricate detail that is attached to each one. The city has been declared uh, one of the new seven wonders of the world. It truly is an amazingly built city, massive pillars and uniquely carved statues and images, all built without the aid of modern tools or technology. It really is a feat to be applauded. The most popular and most famous building in the city is called Alcazne. It has baffled archaeologists for years due to the immense size of the structure. Alcazne stands at 131 feet tall. That is taller than a 10-story building. And to try and decipher how they were able to hand-carve such a massive structure at those heights, it was giving scientists uh, headaches for years. Because in the middle of the desert, where there aren't any trees for lumber to build any kind of scaffolding, somehow the Nabataean had discovered a way to carve into the mountainside a 131-foot structure complete with immense pillars and carved images. And for years, it confused scientists as to how they conquered their problem that really just seems way too big for them at that time, until they discovered the method. When they found a crude set of stairs that had been carved into the side of the mountain that led up to the top of the structure, and once they got to the top, they made a notch in the mountainside, and they began their construction there. They started at the top, and they worked their way down. They discovered that what couldn't be done at ground level could be done if they found a way to get to the top. How often in life do we come up against a struggle that's way too big for us? And we waste our time and energy beating our fists against the mountainside hoping that somehow It's just going to move. How often have we worked way too hard because we started at the bottom and tried to work our way up? Moses understood this principle because when he came up against a problem that was too big for him, he would make his way up to the top of the mountain 
and he would have a talk with the Lord, and there he would get the answers he needed, he would get the strength that he needed, and from there, the top, he would work his way down. And when we come up against problems in life that are really too big for us, we need to learn how to carve us a set of steps up to the top of the mountain to talk to the Lord, and from there, work your way down. When we try to uh, figure it out ourselves, we are, we are starting from the bottom, and we are working our way up. When we use our own methods, we are starting from the bottom and working our way up. When we choose our own plan, we are starting from the bottom and working our way up. When we try to find relief in the form of antidepressants and other drugs, we are starting at the bottom and we won't make it very far. But whenever we learn to go to the Lord in prayer, we can carve us a path up and over our struggle. You see, the Nabataeans had a big problem in front of them. To carve out a 10-story building in the side of a cliff with no scaffolding, with no modern technology or tools, uh, they had a real issue on their hands until somebody had the idea, if we can just get to the top of the mountain, we can start from there and work our way down. David said in Psalms 24 and 3, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? So, so David presents a question. Who is it among us, among you, that is willing to ascend into the hill of the Lord? One um, translation says mountain of the Lord. Who is willing to climb the mountain of the Lord and stand in his holy place? Who among you is willing to lay down human reasoning and lay down your reliance on tangible things and in faith just climb the mountain saying, I don't have the answers now, but I have faith that by the time I get to the top, I will have the answers. You see, we need to be a people of prayer now more than ever in a world overran with wickedness and evil and sin and addiction and depression and suicide and mass shootings and and so much wickedness. We need to be a people of prayer, a people that connects with the Lord, a people that talks with the Lord on a, on a daily basis. We need to be a people that spends time climbing spiritual mountains and talking with the Lord. I just want to know what kind of service would we have on Sunday if every one of us spent time with the Lord in prayer before service? If every single person in the congregation climbed the mountain and spent the and, and, and prayed and, and spent time with the Lord and spent the rest of the service working our way down, how different would our services look if we started by climbing to the top first and then working our way down the rest of the service? You see, Matthew 4, 1 through 3 says, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. I don't know if that has any significance really, but the Bible does say that when Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil to have that battle of which he would win and come out of the wilderness full of power, he was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to work his way back down. 
The Bible says that he fasted 40 days, 40 nights, and was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus wins the battle and comes down from that battle full of power. Full of power. Um, Jesus did that before he ever started his ministry. Before he ever um, healed or preached, he first went into the wilderness, went up and got the power that he needed, the strength that he needed, and came down. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before his crucifixion, arguably the most agonizing and painful moment in the man Jesus Christ's life. The crucifixion, where he would be betrayed and, and, and beaten and scourged, and arguably the most painful moment of his life would be his crucifixion, would be his betrayal and his, the beating that he would receive. And the night before, the Bible says Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and there he prayed. There he prayed all night long. And after his prayer was over, the betrayer came, and he went to um, Pilate and was judged and ultimately to the cross. But it was in that prayer meeting that Jesus, the man Jesus Christ, received what he needed, the strength that he needed in order to um, endure the struggle ahead of him. You see, Jesus knew that if he was going to conquer and overcome, he would have to go to the top and work his way down. Um, this is what the Bible says, Matthew 14 and 22 and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. So, so the disciples are without Jesus. They are on the water, on the boat. They're at sea level. Um. Without Jesus, they went. Jesus sent them off without him, and he went to the top of the mountain to pray. But now the ship is in the middle of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. They're in a storm. Jesus is on top of the mountain praying. The disciples are at sea level, struggling. And verse 25, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And so they split up. Jesus and his disciples split up. They went one way, Jesus went another. They got into the boat and launched out onto the sea, but Jesus climbed a mountain, and there he spent the night praying. And later, when the disciples were in that storm and they were afraid for their lives, they look out and they see Jesus walking on the water. And while they are trying everything they know to do, they're changing the sails, they're bailing water out of the boat, throwing baggage over the side to try to lighten their load. They were working from the bottom and getting nowhere. They were working at sea level and getting nowhere. But Jesus understood the power of working from the top down, or can I say working from prayer down. And while they were frantically running around the sinking ship, Jesus came strolling onto the scene, walking on top of the water. They were delivered from their storm because Jesus said, you know what? You guys go do your thing, and I'll go do mine. You guys get on the boat. That's what you guys do. You go out onto the sea. I'm going to go to the top and pray, and I'll meet you there. You see, if you're going to make an impact on your family or those close to you, we need to learn how to say, you know what? 
go on without me. I've got something I've got to do. We've got to say, you know what, while everybody else is doing their thing, I'm going to do my thing. And my thing is going to be prayer. My thing is going to be learning how to carve steps into every single mountain I come up against, every battle, every struggle, every hard season of life, learning to carve steps to the top where I can talk to the Lord and pray and get an answer and, and, and get a word from the Lord and, get, and I can come back down. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 that Christ hath raised him up to set with him in heavenly places. That's what Paul says. Christ hath raised me up to set together with him in heavenly places. Did you know that Paul was in prison when he wrote that? Paul was in a prison cell chained to a wall in a dark, damp prison, dungeon perhaps. He writes these words, Christ has raised me up to set with him in heavenly places. Paul learned how to carve steps into his season to carve steps into his struggle and into his storm, to look at that mountain, that cliffside that faced him, that looked unmovable and looked impossible. And Paul learned how to carve steps to get to the top of it and see everything from a different perspective and a different point of view. And he said, Christ raised me up. Because when we connect with the Lord in prayer, we are lifted above our problems and above our situations. The magnificent city of Petra was built by a people that discovered they couldn't do it by starting at the bottom, but they needed to carve a path to the top of the mountain, and from there they could get a grip on what needed to be done. We need to start from the top, and we need to start with prayer. No matter what your struggle is, no matter what season of life you're in, no matter how big the giant, how steep the mountain, no matter how hopeless it seems right now for you, prayer is always the answer. There is nothing too hard for God. There's nothing too big for God. There's nothing too small for God. There's nothing that's too complex or complicated for God. If you'll just trust the Lord with it, carve steps, work your way up to the top of the mountain, have a little talk with Jesus, spend some time in prayer and let him work it out. Jesus can work it out for you. Start from the top, start with prayer, and work your way down from there. Thank you for joining me today on this uh, week's show, this episode. God bless.